Welcome to the vault where you can find the code to unlock your success. In this space, I invite real, inspiring and successful experts. We have eye-opening conversations about the way to reach your highest potential in life and in business. We will cover the mastery of mindset, energy, emotions, transformation, sales, marketing, thriving in business without losing your authenticity and balance. Hi, I'm Sonia Martinovic and host of The Vault, an entrepreneur, mindset mastery and online business coach with an obsession on real transformation. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs and other influencers master the mindset and build a successful and impactful business. Do you want to break free from your limitations and express your truest self in business and in life? Is growth your game and success your aim? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the vault. Let's start cracking your code. All right, guys. So we are going to level up this week with Sandra Francisco from Canada. And she is a business coach that helps entrepreneurs go from idea to profit while balancing their personal growth so that they can have fulfillment and profit. Sandra spent 15 years as a marketing and product development expert of two of Canada's Fortune 10 companies, managing 50 and 100 million projects while leading thousands of people. After making the difficult decision to leave her corporate path, she found herself professional coaching and the dynamics of human psyche. Sandra holds a business com commerce degree and is certified in multiple modalities of the human psyche and peak performance. The combination of her eclectic background in personal and professional development translate to a unique and exceptional understanding of people from multi-million dollar business owners to entrepreneurs that are just getting started in business. So guys, you are really in for getting information at different levels. I'm so, so excited to welcome Sandra Francisco. Welcome to The Vault. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, me too. So because we have like a similar background, I know how difficult it is to really part from a very well-paid, uh, corporate, safe environment into entrepreneurship. It takes a lot of personal growth. It takes a big decision. So please tell our listeners the story, how you broke through and what made you decide to leave such a good job and such a well-paid job for uh, to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So for me, the story is actually not a typical one, actually not uh, typically my clients, they have a desire, they, you know, take some time, they plan it out. For me, it actually came at a time where I was experiencing really intense anxiety the year before I decided to leave corporate mm. and going through that experience and, you know, seeing a whole bunch of doctors and it took a while to diagnose. And then I just felt that it, it got to this point where it was either my health or trying to keep up this identity and this, you know, climbing the corporate ladder and all of these things that had meant everything to me at one time. But all of a sudden I felt like, well, but my life is worth more. Mm. So I've got to make this call and I've got to go in and resign. And when I did resign, you know, I was encouraged to just take some time off and, you know, go heal, come back. But I felt like that felt like a trap. Like if I take a month off yes, or like, you know, whatever, like two months, three months, I'm going to feel like I have to get better in that amount of time. And I was already feeling the anxiety. And I thought if I do that, that's going to be worse. So I need to just leave. And then when I'm better, whenever that is, I can come back. 
So that's kind of how that transition started. And then when I left and I, I was home for a couple of months and I thought, what did I do? Now I'm here just focusing <laughs> on the anxiety all day long. And like, like you know, some kind of sabbatical, right? It's just like, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm, you know, taking care of myself, doing different things. And, yeah. but still I'm like, this is worse. So then I quickly learned, you know, like, I'm like, I got to do something. So I went back to school and decided to study nutrition, which was a big difference from my corporate world was all in technology. Mm. And I thought, how far can I get away from that? So I'm like, I'll go study nutrition. And it was actually there that I started to meet entrepreneurs, mm. you know, people that already had businesses or were, um, had ideas that they were planning to grow into businesses. And I, I really had not been around those type of people because I'd lived my whole life in inside of corporate structure and everybody that I knew had a job. So it's all that I knew. Exactly. So once I started to, you know, interact with these people, and I started to help them as well because I had the business background and they had these ideas or they were running these businesses and I was just how giving helpful advice yes. and they would go out and implement it. And then they'd come back and tell me, oh my gosh, that was so great. And you know, that helped me so much. Yes. And that was really the beginning of my idea of like, oh, so I don't, I, as I heal, I don't have to get a job. Like I could do a business. Yeah. So that, that's kind of my story, which isn't like a straight line to it, but Hey, everything happens for a reason. Oh, that's amazing. So uh, you had some limiting beliefs towards the mindset of, of a nine to five to an entrepreneurial mindset. So can you tell me a little bit about the limiting beliefs you have crushed during the journey? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's limiting beliefs. I, I feel like it's a life journey, like different things yeah. come up at different times. <laughs> I left my corporate job 11 years ago. So I've been, you know, independently exchanging value for money for, for 11 years and limiting beliefs. And especially if you're in the personal growth, if you're, if that's something you're dedicated to, they will creep up and they will show up at different levels. So in the beginning, in the early stages, the biggest thing was the identity crisis. Mm. And okay, so if I'm not an employee that's like ranked at this, that's achieved this, that's done this, that other people can recognize and give awards to, yeah. then what am I? Yeah. Like, I'm just starting this business. I started consulting. That was the first thing I did in business is actually consult with my knowledge, which is product development. Yeah. And I was starting. What was anybody going to recognize me for? So I'm sitting my house by myself, building a clientele, nothing to re be recognized for. So the belief was like down to like the worthiness, who am I, what yeah. am I worthy of? Um, and it's just, it, it, you know, cascades from there. Right. So identity was the biggest one when I did that transition. Yes. And that you re really hit somewhere, uh, somewhat there because identity, uh, normally in corporate, you get identity by being strong, by holding on to some, some beliefs and by saying specific statements, right? So when, uh, when you need to get loose of that identity, it's actually a very hard journey. Don't you think that it's a very hard journey to say, okay, now what you say, I've, I've, I've got the success by having this identity. So how will I have success by not having a success trail at all? Let's say in the beginning of your journey and then developing to where you are right now. So what could you share that really helped you during that journey? 
Yeah. And I would say I'm still on that journey. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> know if always, I'll ever, I think always at the journey, right? right? As long <laughs> as I'm living, I think I'm going to be on the identity journey. Right. Yeah. I think what I've come to over the years uh, through different, you know, different mentors that I've met, different programs that I've done, different books, like it's been a combination of things. I, I have not had the experience of like that one magical moment and your whole life changes. No. For me, it's been like, you know, um, different things coming together, combining to create new awarenesses. I, I feel like a lot of people, when they start their personal development journey, they almost expect that magical moment. Yes. Like I'm going to find that teacher, that mentor, that course, and my whole life will change. Yes. I don't know. I personally, and I've met so many people in this industry and clients. I don't know anyone that's just happened like that. It's, yes. it's usually progression, right? So for me, it's still, I'm still on this journey. And I've come to a piece around um, just not needing a definition of who I am in terms of a title. I actually now, and I was just talking about this, that I don't feel an identity even to the title business coach. Like I don't need to be a business coach. I don't need to lead with that. I do realize that the audience needs for me to call myself something so they know what to do with me. Yeah. So if I just said, I am nobody, then people would be like, what, what do you, what do you do? What do you, how can I, I work with that, you? I love that, Sandra, because I love that because a lot of people are struggling. What is their niche? What is their message? And, you know, everybody is putting the label on themselves. I mean, let's say coaching is a way to get people to a certain result. So can be consulting. So can be a done for you service. So can be so many things, right? To get you to the same result. So I actually agree completely with you on all the labeling, which happens. And especially right now in the business, people just telling that you can achieve something within a week or something. So I think it's very important that people understand the difference between having a journey and just going through your work and working nine to five. But then again, there are the, the, the rewards are amazing. So tell me, tell me about some of your, uh, like, heartwarming rewards when it comes to clients which you had that you think hey that that was amazing that that person really achieved a lot and I got to help this person achieve that yeah and that is the biggest win of the entire 11 years is the client stories and those the the client stories that I've been a part of nothing I did in my corporate career that were highlighted, that were, you know, attached to awards and titles and everything. None of that compares to the feeling of being present in somebody else's life and having made an impact. And it's also not just an impact with that one person. What I've been able to witness and I'm honored to is that in helping somebody to start their business or grow their business and then also do the inner work to grow themselves, yeah. they start a business and then they have an impact on their employees. They have an impact on their clients. Yeah. They start to like, it's a spider web of impact. So to me, like the biggest wins is always to hear the stories, not even just of the client themselves is when they tell me my client said this to me. So yeah. I can see how, for, how far reach this yeah. like experience has. And for me, I find that I'm, I'm now not attached to that. I don't feel like I need this client to have this kind of result for me to be validated in what I do. And, and to do that, I've had to learn that if you attach to the positive, if you look at like, if you keep a, a very strong list of I'm a good coach or whatever it is you're doing because of this, 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 and this, this client did this and this. Mm -hmm. So you're constantly looking for that validation. Then when the negative comes in, you're not going to be able to ignore that. 
Yeah. That negative will take you over because you're looking for the positive. The negative will also show up. So to me, I just naturally participate in the celebration with my clients. I know it's their wins. I am very, very clear that there's nothing I could do to force somebody to do something. It's a dynamic relationship. And I, I am confident in what I bring to the table. But I also know that if they don't do their work, there would be nothing out in the world. Yeah, one good example, for example, because I've been in sales management for so, so long and also online uh, in online business coaching, it has also uh, a lot to do with sales, right? A lot of people feel like, okay, I didn't get all the sales. Yes, because that's a natural thing to do, right? It's, it's throwing a dice. Sometimes you get a couple of yeses and sometimes you get a lot of no's. And people let themselves define by the nose or by the outcome that the client actually has. And uh, in the end, it's also about the willingness and the preparedness of the client and achieving their results, right? So um, tell me a story about a transformation that really, really blew your mind that you thought, oh my gosh, (laughs) I didn't even expect that. Yeah, you know what's happening lately. And I think at different stages, I've had different kinds of clients. So when I started in consulting, I had the clients that were launching a new product, global product, or they're changing their reach and they were already in the multi-million dollars. So it was more like, you know, smaller businesses, but they were still at the multi-million dollar um, space. Then I started to focus in because again, it came as a calling with people that were starting. They were just, they had even starting part-time or full-time. And it's actually kind of come back around to now where I'm working with again, very successful business owners that are coming to me to do primarily the inner work. Mm, So they're actually coming ready. They've made all this money. They've made multi-millions in their business. And they're now questioning um, a lot of the things that I went through in my personal growth as well. Like, why? Like, why did I do this? What am I going to do with this money? What is it that I really want? What does success really mean? How am I going to continue to feel alive? What do I do next? Mm, So there's a client that, you know, I worked with actually last year that, it was just, it was watching magic in a three month time frame. how much her awareness shifted, how much her willingness to take on a leadership role. So it was like, she has a, a partner in the business and the partner was always the leader and they're both owners, but the partner was the leader and she was very afraid to take the leadership role. And within a few weeks, she got some very clear understanding of why that was. Yeah. She goes into the business. She takes in the leadership role. The people are coming back to her saying, you not only have changed my life, I went home and taught my kids this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you see that impact. And I, I've watched that over the years, but it usually takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So what I'm finding, even maybe we're just in a different era now, the things are happening much, much faster. People are able to do the personal work and actually reflect that back in their business faster than ever. There's almost like a consciousness of like, some sort of magic that's happening now that I'm in awe of watching what can happen so fast. Wow. That's amazing. That's really amazing story. And what you say, I experienced this myself. People at different levels have just different limiting beliefs and needs and everybody has that, right? So, but what if you have an idea and you're still stuck in the nine to five business and you, it's like nagging. I know what it is. You know what it is. <laughs> but if, if someone is in that position right now, it's really like, oh, I don't know anything about being an entrepreneur. Do you feel that anybody could be an entrepreneur? And what, what would you recommend that person to take as first steps? 
Yeah. And so I do believe that if you have a desire to start some kind of business and there's such a range of what that means, that that desire didn't come to you by accident or yeah. it's not a mistake. Because I think there's, you know, close to 8 billion people on this planet. How many of those people are going to have that desire? The majority are fine with their job or sometimes they could hate it or love it, but they're not thinking of starting a business. You're still in the minority. So if you got that heart desire, and especially like you said, if it's nagging at you and it's not leaving you, yeah. then to me, you've already qualified. Yeah. Like you've already qualified. Don't like, don't look to qualify yourself. Check. You've qualified. Mm -hmm. So the next piece I would say is even if you take a small action towards looking at what's your next step. So if you have already an idea, then you want to look at the market and look and see, okay, what competitors are out there? You know, what are they offering? What are they pricing? How are they doing exactly. it? Like start to look at that. If you're in the space of you have a desire, but no idea. And I have people that come to me like that, then it really is just starting to list and make, make really do make a list of what you have as your skills, your talents and your experiences and start to look through that list to see what could, what could have market value there. Could you make a product or a service out of the things that you already have your talents, your skills, your experience, yeah. and take some time to see and do the research of, okay, so this has some market potential. What could be the profit potential of doing this business? So this it's a, it's actually a process I take people through. That's really simple, really straightforward. You don't need to quit your job to do that. You can just explore. But I think that, you know, if you have a desire, don't leave it unfulfilled. Yeah, because it's going to come after you anyway. So <laughs> I've been ignoring it for a long time. I must say I've been, I don't know how your experience, but for me, it has been a journey. I really needed to get myself. I thought, oh my God, I have everything. I have the house and I, I had very much difficult difficulties getting kids and I had the kids I had it all and then I felt some kind of emptiness and I felt this you, you need to be up on stage you need to talk to people I don't even love to do lives I I, I never went live on Facebook before I opened up my <laughs> opened up my business you know it was and I really need you guys to understand this the audience I really hated it I hated being on camera I hated doing all of that and it has transformed to something that I love because there's always someone on the other side, even if it's the listener of the podcast or if it's a Facebook live or Instagram live, there's always someone that you are helping at that moment. And that's the most fulfilling part of doing a business. So uh, a lot of people have resistance to marketing, right? So could you share some tips what helped you market this idea you had? to the client you wanted. Yeah. And I think, so I think there's a distinct difference between marketing and sales. Mm -hmm. And I think most people, especially creative entrepreneurs, they love to market. They don't love to sell, sell. right? So they'll stay <laughs> in the marketing because the marketing yeah. is more fun. It's like you can create, you know, especially if you're creative, you love to create graphics. You want, you know, you like to create craft language. So I, and there's definitely people that actually also are afraid of the marketing because, you know, they get obsessed about the perfect word and perfect language and, and get stuck there. But I find far more people uh, get stuck in the sales time. So yes. they'll create, you know, their message. They'll know who their target audience is. They would have done that work already. And then when it goes beyond the marketing, which is the message and the brand, and what is it that you're actually putting out there? And then you have to have a value proposition. You actually have to have a statement that you're putting out to say, you know, kind of in, in a way you're saying, I have this, 
Um, do you want this? I like to tell my clients that sales can be so simple. If you have a yellow banana, sell a yellow banana. Don't try to sell a brown banana. This is where <laughs> people get stuck, right? In sales, it's like you yeah. think you have to make what you have different, better, bigger, sound like the way other people sell it, where it's like, but if you actually take the time to work on getting the belief around what you do have yeah. and why what you do have is going to change people or transform people or, you know, provide a service, whatever it is. And you can actually, you believe it. You totally wholeheartedly believe that what you have is worthy. Then you, then you can be like, I have a yellow banana. Look at my glorious yellow Yellow banana. banana. (laughs) That's it. Because that's where you get trapped. You have a yellow banana. And then you're like, yeah, my banana is brownish. It's got some brown on it. And then, and then you, you feel out of integrity and you start to not want to do it because you know that you don't really like you're trying to use words that aren't really real to you that don't really yes. describe your product. Yes, yes, exactly. So, what do you think that uh, else is hard for people? I have some ideas about this, but what else is people uh, hard about doing sales? What do you think? And I'm very curious because I've been in sales so, so many years, and I'm, I'm yeah. super, super serious. Yeah, no, I'd love to know what you think as well. You know, I've watched this closely over the years because in my corporate background, I was also taught formal sales, yes. which is, um, it lacks integrity in my opinion. Like I was taught like, you know, when you give somebody a contract then you hand them a pen and like the really, really like what we'd call it sleazy sales. But yeah. I was actually sat in classes and learned that this is what sales is. Yeah. So I think some of the biggest problems is there's a misunderstanding of what sales is And then people watch other people that are well known for being sell like really good at selling. And like, say, for example, there's a a 10X, right? Which, you know, it started to be a big thing. And then everybody puts on their webpage, I can 10X your business. I can 10X your life. I can 10X. But then do you really mean it? Does that mean anything to you? Like, do you connect to that? And a lot of times, you know, when clients that I've worked with, and sometimes they do have that and they'll say, well, when I think about it, I I don't really 10 X. And then already they're going into a sales position feeling like they're not worthy because of the words that they've chosen to use that they think they have to use because that's what salespeople do. Yes. And again, I come back to if the more authentic you can be, be articulate, make sure that people can understand you because if it's mumbo jumbo and nobody can understand you, they can't buy if they can't make a decision. So you do need to work on clarity. You do need to work to understand your target market. But then the more you can be authentic to what you really have, yeah, sales will become easy. Yes, because you actually put your energy and you know what your message is and you are building a relationship, right? As I always say, people do business with people and not with businesses, right? So it is really important that you keep that relational element and that you know how to adjust in a, in a conversation. And sometimes sales takes some time right? Uh, At least I believe because you're building a relationship and sometimes people are not ready for you directly, but they will be in a couple of months. So I always believe in keeping the relationship and keeping the space for the client to actually make a decision they need to make and not force throat, (laughs) push it to their throat (laughs) to say so. But there are a lot of people doing that and that gives a bad reputation to sales. And that doesn't mean that you should um, use this in your business too, right? So uh, when it comes to having a business idea and you try to verify it on the market and you're super passionate about it, but then the market doesn't give you the evidence to do it. 
would you recommend someone like that to follow their passion with all their energy or to just uh, pivot and readjust and take their uh, take take what the market wants what would you say this is a very interesting question now <laughs> yes and I'm even sure, if like, i say so myself <laughs> yeah and i think that you're going to get a different answer depending who you ask that question wow. to so for me having worked with people over the years and watching what happens when you actually are in the idea stage and building um i believe that if you're going to set yourself up for really a very, very, very difficult road that that's not fair to you as a human being. Mm. So in the beginning stages, when I, in, and I have people all the time that come to me with passion ideas, like that's 100% common, right? Yeah. Um, so I have them go through the same process of going through looking at market value, profit potential, as well as lifestyle. So that, that business you're trying to do, what is it going to require of you? And do you want to commit to that? Are you in that part of your life where you'll give everything to it and work weekends and evenings? Maybe if not, then that also might disqualify the idea. So yeah. look at lifestyle as well. <clears throat> look at market and look at profit potential. When you examine that idea, your that passionate idea that you have, if it doesn't pass the profit test, if it doesn't pass the market test and it, and it doesn't pass the lifestyle test or any of them, then if you're going to push through it and make it happen, because you just so want it, want it, want it. I, I have seen, and I believe that you're going to make the entrepreneurial journey that much harder on yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's easier to quit. I think, right. I think there's an easier way to do it. So what I have done with clients and it has worked is I asked them to just park it for a minute. So once they've done the analysis and it's not looking good, I said, just don't, you don't need to, you know, mourn it and kind of like go through the whole process of it right now. Just park it for a minute and let's bring some other ideas to the table and let's go through the same process of assessing these other ideas. And they've got to come from what you have as your talents, skills, experiences. What can you do? Then we assess some more ideas and we look at, is there something else that you could lead with right now that would get you used to owning a business, exchanging value, doing the a thousand things that come with business ownership. And that, that first business does not have to be your last business, but that business could be what actually funds that passion project later on. Or maybe that passion project, the market may not be ready right now, but maybe yeah. the market will be ready in two years and then yes. you could do it. Yes. But I just love, find, love yeah, that. I find if you just go head first towards passion and ignore everything else, you're going to make life harder than it needs to be. Yes, and I believe that because, you know, there are people who had, I spoke someone uh, on the podcast who had like 13 businesses and all of them failed. <laughs> and now he's making like 40 million in his business and he is like killing it. He doesn't even have to do anything about it because it's really good. So it's very good to have a broad look at the market and maybe not like direct all your focus on one specific uh, market that you can see that you can do maybe your skills in different sets of markets right so let's say uh, the online markets and then you have the uh, or the corporate markets and maybe even just b2b right so um what would you say that your most important lesson if someone told you 11 years ago would be that you can give any aspiring entrepreneur listening to the podcast to try to avoid or to do right now to to really move forward faster yes i think it would have to come down to community 
Mm-hmm. finding a community that you feel you naturally belong in. For mm-hmm. me, the first few years were very lonely because all of my connections and friends were in corporate and I had very few people that I even knew in the business ownership landscape. Yeah. So that made it, I think it slowed me down and made it harder emotionally and made it harder on the business, everything. So in the early stages, I very much now always recommend that people look for community, but the key there is to look for a community where you don't have to try and fit in, mm. where you can you can trial out different communities. You can go to network meetings. You can maybe take different courses and, and meet people through that. But you want to find the entrepreneurs that are actually aligned to your values and how you are coming to the world of business. Mm. So if you are, you know, going to a networking meeting and you're finding that and you happen to be like a, a very um, heart-centered entrepreneur with integrity and you want to bring something that's going to create profit, but also something that has purpose and meaning for people. And you're going to a networking meeting and you're finding everybody in the room is 100% focused on profit first strategies. Yes. So then you feel like, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. And then ah. I should change. And, and if you're in that space, then in that way, I don't think community is going to help you. I think it's actually going to hurt you. Hurt you. Yes. So I definitely, definitely say look for community, but take your time. Find the community that you just belong. You don't have to change anything about you and your business. You can just speak openly and you just belong in it. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Because I actually had some of the, uh, that experience, right, with a community that I really felt... Um, it seems amazing, but I don't fit here. It's just yes. not my people. And I do think it's good to get challenged. So to have a community where you are challenged and where you really think, oh my God, but it needs to align with who you are and where you are going. And if it's not, just get out and get into a community that really serves you, that thinks alike, but also challenges you and pushes you to the next level. So I think that tip is amazing. So uh, when people have an idea and they don't know what to do, what could they do? Because you have you have a program, right? From yeah, idea I did. to profit. Yes, the idea to profit is actually my group program for new and aspiring entrepreneurs. It takes them through four stages of development. So it actually takes them through the explore, plan, develop, and launch. And it, you know, I draw on my 20 years of experience in building businesses and systems and launching products and services out into the world. And the unique part of that program is that it is a mix of business and personal. So in each one of those phases, you're going to deal with what comes up in that phase from a personal aspect, as well as what does the business need in that phase to get to the next phase. Mm -hmm. Now, what I did also create is an actual free program to help people pick the best business idea for them, because I was doing this over and over and over with people that were connecting with me initially, and most of them did not have a concrete idea. So I would just tell them, okay, do this, this, and this check back with me in a couple of weeks. So I actually just put it together. It's right on the front page of my website and it just helps you go through the four steps so that you can assess the current ideas or it helps you to actually come up with ideas and then go through the steps of figuring out again, the, the market part of it, the profit and the lifestyle. Oh, that's amazing. And I think lifestyle is so important because people think when they talk, uh, people that want to get into entrepreneurship, they talk about the financial freedom, but it's also about how does how well does it fit your values and your life? And will you actually be happy when you achieve that financial freedom, but your life around you falls apart, let's say? Because yes. I've been seeing I've been seeing this with people who are very high achievers and who put everything into business and then 
they don't have everything they want, even if they achieve the level they wanted financially. So that's amazing. So I will definitely put that up in the show notes that you guys can grab it and go through that free process and see if your idea is marketable and valuable and profitable. So is there anything that I didn't ask you, Sandra, that you would love to share with our listeners of the vault? I think we did touch on it, but I will definitely encourage if anyone is listening and kind of sitting in that fence and it's sitting on the fence is uncomfortable of having the desire (laughs) and then thinking, oh, I'll just squash it. I'll just put away the desire and I'll forget about it. And then another day you're so alive and then you want to look into it. I would encourage you to get off that fence. Like just get off the fence. And even if you just, I mean, my free program is one way to start. You can start there. You can do, there's so many things out on the webs on, on the internet that you can go and find, but do something where you start to investigate that idea. You may come to a natural progression where the excitement and the desire leaves you. And then you're, you could be sitting there like, oh, I don't really want that anymore. I actually want to go and get a, another job. But don't sit on that fence. Just take mm-hmm. an action, explore it. You don't have to take a radical action, but just an action to explore the desire because it's just so uncomfortable to sit in an unfulfilled desire. Yes, it is. Totally, guys. So if you feel like this, uh, take some action and go investigate if it's right for you to to take steps uh, to do it and what makes you happy and look at the way you feel, right? You will know. And it doesn't need to be a limiting belief, but just uh, an intuition like this is right for me. And if you feel that this is right to me, you know what we do in the vault. We take action, we try, and then you decide if it's right for you. So thank you so much, Sandra, for attending and giving all this amazing value. And guys, make sure you grab all the amazing value she gives today. And I will see you next week to level up again. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Vault. Respect for showing up and creating your next stage of life and business. If you like this episode, I invite you to dive deeper and stay. The S stands for subscribe and share. Make a screenshot right now and pay it forward and send this to five friends who can benefit from this value. The T stands for try and transform. Try the technique, at least until the next episode. The A stands for action. Action creates success. Don't stay a student when you have a code. You should try to open the vault. And finally, the Y stands for you. This is about the most valuable asset of the vault and life in general the one and only authentic you. So if this was your code, please comment and help the vault grow. Hashtag unlocked, hashtag next level, hashtag dive deeper and see you next week to level up again.